Well, hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas, and this is episode number 26026260. Hello, sass bastards. Hello. How you doing? Well, folks, 260. It's kind of weird. You know, I, I did tweet a little bit of something about the fact that this was going to be episode number 260, and I did the calculations, and you know, if there are no delays or, or uh, if I don't miss an episode or something like that, I should have by the end of this year should be episode 300. That's really weird, you know, because I just I just kind of keep doing the episodes and doing the episodes and enjoying myself. And and fortunately for me, and I consider it an honor that that you guys enjoy the episodes. And thank you for the email. I really appreciate it. And the direct messages and the kind words. I really do appreciate it. All kidding aside. But 260 of these freaking things, man. And I, re- I didn't even realize how many I had done, even though I mean, even though I write the number in and I, I, I announced the episode number and all of that. <clears throat> it just kind of hit me when I hit this this particular episode 268. It was like, man, 260 times I've done this. Interesting. And I really enjoy it, M- mostly because it's fun to do and mostly because of you people, you know, my, my uh, wonderful sass bastards. But here's the thing. I realize as much as I enjoy this, I realize the reason that I'm writing an entirely different stand-up show for myself and different type of material and different type of performances, things. I realized when I, when I sat back and I thought about it, I realized that what I was trying to do is build something I like to refer to as a yeah, Jack life. Because I know that sometimes when you see something that's really good and you did it yourself and it's built and it's the way you wanted to, wanted it to be, you go here. Yeah, Jack, at least I do. Now, you may have a different way of expressing joy in, <laughs> in whatever you're saying. I would be kind of interesting if people, if any of you were actually said, yeah, Jack, when something good happened. But you know what I mean, right? You've been someplace where you know you could do better. You know it could be better. And even if it's successful, even if it's working successfully, you know you can do better. I've been in that situation. You know, I mean, just imagine this. Just imagine this particular scenario. Okay. You're wearing a suit. You hate the suit. You can't stand the suit. You don't even want to look in the mirror. You hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. But other people tell you you look good in it. Now, what's cool that other people tell you you look good in the suit? It's cool that other people like the way the suit hangs on you. Maybe they give you a little smile, a little thumbs up or whatever. But if you don't like the suit... It really doesn't matter if other people are digging it, does it? No. You're walking down the street and all you, you, you look in the mirror at yourself and all you're thinking is, you think you're a damn clown. You see a big red nose on yourself. You see the big red hair, the clown makeup. You see a dog behind you doing flips and jumping through a hoop. You see a guy cranking one of those music boxes and a monkey juggling. And everyone else, you look fantastic. And what they're singing is, you're walking down the street like John Travolta in the movie. Yeah, that guy looks good. But no, that's not what you're thinking. You're thinking, And you'd be surprised at how many different ways that actually applies to you. Like I said, you don't like the suit. You want to wear a suit you like. What about you get a suit that you like? You walk down the street and you look and you see that you're wearing the suit you're wearing. You look at the mirror, you look in the windows and you and all you see is... I'm looking good. Colt 45. I'm too sexy for this shirt. Too sexy. That's what you're seeing. And everyone else is going, hey, nice suit. Even if they're going, I don't really like that suit. You don't give a crap. You're looking in the mirror. And, I'm too sexy for this suit. <laughs> I'm incredible. You'd rather have that than the other way around. Because you want to feel good, damn it. Right? You want to look at this suit and go, <laughs> Jack. And it happened to me in many cases. It happened to me when I was living in California. I was doing sales, sales. I hated that fucking job. Couldn't stand it. Was good at it. Couldn't stand it. Why did I hate it so much? Well, it was a sales job and I'm a fucking comedian. That's why it sucked. But other than that, 
I was doing pretty good. I was paying the bills. It was the first time in California I was actually making some money. I actually had money in my pocket. I wasn't trying to buy $1 hamburgers and trying to get the person to give me a cup so I could walk around and pretend that I was getting water and actually taking soda. <laughs> Shut up. Don't judge me. I was broke back then. Shut up. <laughs> right? So... I'm doing the job and they had this stupid script we had to read when we were trying to sell this crap, this stupid script. It was the most stupid, it was, oh God, I, it gives me headaches now and I can recite that script right now, decades later, I can recite that stupid script word for word and I'm not going to do it because it would give me a headache. And they got mad at you if you were veered off the script. They didn't like that crap at all. You know, and you had to sit there and see this stupid crap. And one time I'm on the phone doing the sales and this, that, and the product, and then the product, and if you buy this money, that's what the script started to sound like to me, damn it. And the guy on the other end of the phone goes, are you reading the script, buddy? Well, uh, Mr. Joe, whatever, well, I just want to, you know, well, let me just reiterate that at this particular time, if you purchase this amount of, and he got mad at me because I was reading the script. And then I veered off the script because I wanted to sell because this guy was about, he had whatever, whatever product I was selling at the time, he needed a bunch of them and I caught him at the right time and he kind of liked me and I knew that I could get this sale and I knew that sticking to this stupid script was killing the sale and I was losing the connection with the guy and I just kind of blew the script off. I made sure all of the information that was necessary for him to have, he had, but then I started to talk to him the way I, as a human being, talk to people. And I could hear the smile in his voice and I could hear him warming back up. And he actually ordered more than he was going to order because I started talking to him like a human being. Now, as it turns out, the ma my manager wasn't monitoring me, but she was listening because she was walking by and she could tell I, I have for whatever reason. I had a body language and I was about to nail down a sale. I forget, and I would lean in and I'd get really intense in body language, but more relaxed in voice. And she knew me well enough to know that, are you getting a, are you getting a sale right now? She would say, and I hear her and she'd walk behind me. She knew I was about to get a sale. And she started smiling because she could tell something big was about to happen. And then she kind of leaned onto the desk and was listening and smiling, anticipating the money she was going to get. And then all of a sudden she looked at me and she had this look of horror in her face. Why? Cause I had veered off the script. She was angry and she was about to tell me to do the thing and she was about to, she ripped the paper off the wall that had the script, even though she knew I memorized it. And she sat it in front of me and started pointing to it. And I said to him, okay, Mr. Johnson, the whatever number of whatever's will be there. And whoop de whoop de whoop, I closed the sale and she was mad. She was mad and she was upset. Why didn't you stick to the script? Damn it. I told you to stick to the script. I said, look at the amount of money. I don't care about the amount of money you just got. I said, you don't care about this amount of money. Okay. I care about that amount of money, but I'm going to say, you right now goddamn man and she's yelling at me and i'm really calm because quite frankly that particular sale my part of the sale that i literally on that one sale made two weeks worth of money so even if she fired me i'd have a week to find a job and <laughs> i don't have any problems finding the job and why didn't you do the sale the way i said <laughs> and i said whoa 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 Whoa, I said, I, I, I made sure he had all the information that he needed. He had all the information that he needed. That sale is, is rock solid. When the verifiers call up, that sale is rock solid. You should stick to the script. I said, well, if I stuck to the script, I would have lost the sale. There's no way in the world you will lose the sale if you don't stick to the script. Yes, it is. She goes, I'm the one that taught you the script. You had memorized the script. You had mastered the script. And you should stick to the script. I said, he threw me off the script. How did he, as good as you are, how did he throw you off the script? I said, we might even have thrown you off the script. I probably shouldn't have said that. There's no way he would have thrown me off the script. I wrote the script. I said, really? Yes, really. Are you saying I? Okay. Remember how when you taught us how to do the sales and how to, how to master the sales technique, you told us how to do it. And you know, as you already said, I had mastered the technique, correct? Yes. Which is why I'm so surprised you, you very off. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to manufacture the phone call again. You do the script the way it's supposed to be done in your estimation. And I'll be that guy. It's not going to change anything. So she starts going through the script and she was really good at the script. It sounded really good coming from her. And then I started throwing at her the unique curveballs that this particular person was throwing at me. And guess what? 
threw her off the script. She was she was discombobulated. She in vo- in her voice, I could tell nothing had really changed. But I'm watching her face, and I see her processing it. And she went right back to the point in the script where she got thrown off, right back, and it started to sound robotic. And I said, "That's what happened to me." I started to sound robotic, and it th- and the guy started turning off, and the guy was about to get rid of me, and I got him back by being me, on the phone. And she said, "Well." Okay, that, that's a unique situation. Just don't let it happen again. I said, all right, no problem. Instead of going, great job, you saved that sale by thinking on your feet. You saved that sale by being unique. You saved that sale by being smart and flexible. She was upset because I veered off of this stupid fucking script. Well, guess what? I stopped doing the script and my sales went up. And then I had to get out of there because she was torturing me the whole time, not realizing, hey, you quadrupled your sales. Maybe I should shut the fuck up and let you keep doing what you're doing. But I had to get out of there. And I didn't like the job in the first place. Why? Because I'm a fucking comedian and that was a sales job. And it was successful. I was making some pretty good money. But in my mind, I knew I'd rather go off back and do what I was doing on the comedy tip, trying to build something in this area where nobody knew who I was, where I went from an area where I was successful and I came to Los Angeles where no one knew who the hell I was. I'd rather try to build from there. I'd rather make way less money doing what I love to do than sitting here dealing with this crap because I knew eventually, I shouldn't say eventually, I knew in a very short period of time she would have canned my ass because people would have heard what I was doing and tried to do the same thing and would not have been able to do it. I was wearing the wrong suit. Yes, the suit looked good to somebody on the outside. Hey, you're making some pretty good money. But I felt miserable because now I knew what I was capable of doing and I was being forced to not do that. That sucked. I looked at the money and I was like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, but I felt like crap. But when I walked out of there and I started doing just stand up and performing and all that kind of stuff, I would just before I walked into the stage, I'd look at the audience and realize I was going to go up there and stand in front of a bunch of people who wanted to hear the ideas that I came up with. And I thought, yeah, Jack, this is where I'm supposed to be. We all should have, yeah, Jack lives, man. We should all have, yeah, Jack lives. We can't keep doing crap other people want us to do just because they think it's cool, just because they think it's what we're supposed to be doing. We can't do it. We can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. It applies in many areas. It doesn't just apply in your job. It applies to your relationships, too. I've been there. It, re- it applies to your friendships, too. I've been there, too. I've been there, too. Don't you want to have when the person you're in a romantic relationship comes home or you come home to them or you meet them on a date? Don't you want to go, yeah, Jack, that's my woman. Yeah, Jack, that's your dude if you're a lady or whatever. You know what I'm saying. You want to feel that way. You don't want to see your significant other and go, hey, what's going on? Yeah, You don't want to feel like you're settling or that they're settling for you. You want them to look at you and go, yeah, Jack. And you want to look at them and go, yeah, Jack. You don't want to look at them and have them look at you going. "Eh." (laughs) Applies to friendships, too. You want to go, yeah, Jack, hang with my boy. Yeah, not these bastards die. I remember when I was buying my first brand new car. I had other cars before, but they were old junkers. I didn't give a damn because they got me from point A to point B. But my first brand new car, I bought it when I lived in Los Angeles. And I was so happy with that car. It was the 59th car that I actually looked for. The 59th car that I actually checked was the one I actually purchased. The 59th one. Oh, man. And any car that I had picked before that would have been me settling, would have been me settling. I remember going to buy, I think it was a Carmen gear, and I didn't know it had electrical problems. I test drove the car. It had a clutch. I don't like driving clutches. I like driving automatics because, I don't know, burning out a clutch is not a fun thing and replacing that crap is not fun. Don't want to do it. Don't have to deal with that when you have an automatic transmission. But I was thinking, well, I really need a car. I really need a car to get around. I really need it. It's easier to go shopping with a car. I can take my girlfriend out with a car. I don't have to catch a bus to see my girlfriend. I don't have to catch a bus to go to clubs. I don't have to rely on other comedians to get me around. I don't have to go through all of those problems. I can drive my own car. And if I buy this car, if I buy this car, if I buy this car, I'll have a car. If I buy this car, I'll have a car. It's here. I got the money and here's the car. If I buy it. But I would have been settling. Why? This car was a two-seater and it had a clutch and it had a tiny space 
case in the back because it was a two-seater, which means I could not go shopping and buy what I needed. I couldn't buy in bulk to save money like I do, like I like to do. I couldn't do that, right? What about I wanted to go to the gig and I wanted to take a couple of friends with me? Maybe I wanted to book a show and have a bunch of people on the show with me and bring everyone with me because some of them didn't have cars, couldn't do that. This is a two-seater, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And if I bought that car, would I have a car? Yes. Would I be able to get from point A to point B? Yes. Would it be what I needed it to be? Would I be as effective with this car as I needed my vehicle to be? No. Why? Because I would have been settling for the car, even though I had a car. And even though people would go, hey, you got a car. That's great. It's great that you got a car and they would be happy for me and happy that I had a car. I would be in the car driving around going, I freaking hate this clutch crap. I freaking hate the fact. Oh, I can't put that much stuff in the back. Oh, my girlfriend hates this car because she can tell I hate it. Oh, I would have been settling if I did that. Even though from the outside, it would have looked great that I had this vehicle. But no. So what did I do? I go to car 59 and I go to a dealership and I walk into the dealership and I see a whole bunch of cars and they're nice cars. They're not super expensive cars, nice cars. And I can afford these cars. And I walk up and I see a car that I like and it's a hatchback and it's a brand new car and it's nice and it's cute and great. And it has great gas mileage, way greater than that crap I almost bought. Good gas mileage, four seater, big hatchback area. That's plenty of space. I can knock the seats down. I can put in all the kind of stuff I want to buy. I can do that. My girlfriend will be happy to ride in this car. Not like that last thing I looked at. This thing is great. I walked in. I found out how much it cost to put down the down payment. I found out how much the down payment was going to. I negotiated the thing and all of that crap. And then I drove off the lot with a brand new car that was going to do everything I needed it to do. Every function I needed it to do, it was going to be able to do effortlessly. And in addition to that, 42 miles to the gallon on the freeway, 35 in the city. Oh, yeah. And you'll never guess what I said as I drove off the lot, knowing I put a nice down payment down and knowing I made sure that I negotiated my payments for the correct amount of time that I wanted to pay for it and the correct amount of monthly payment. And I got a good insurance deal. You'll never guess what I said as I drove off the lot. I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with yeah, Jack. Actually, it does not rhyme with yeah, Jack. It was actually yeah, Jack. And that's what it was. That's what it was. I had gotten that. So all I'm saying is, my friends, is, is, is that's exactly what we want to have, right? You want to have a yeah, Jack life. And I want to do that, too. And I want that for you, too, my friends. Even with the fitness thing, I remember I talked about it in an earlier episode where I looked at the calendar and the days were going by and I just kept making excuses. Well, now nah, I'm going to eat this uh, this thing that I shouldn't be eating. Not a big deal. Now nah, I'm not going to work out right now. I got this thing I got to take care of. Now nah, I'm not the dead, dead, dead. And what are the results you get? Everybody on the outside thinks you're happy. Everybody thinks everything is great. You're a funny, charming guy. You know, you're the funny, heavy guy. You're funny. Girls still think you're cute. You're funny. So even though these girls normally wouldn't find you attractive because you're, you're not in the kind of shape you are you're so funny and cute and everything like that right and then you take off your shirt and you got that gut but it's okay because you're still cute you're standing there with your shirt off cooking food and your girlfriend comes up behind you squeezes your butt gives you a kiss on the shoulder and then she rubs your stomach and she's just touching you because she wants to touch you because she loves you but all you're thinking about is i wonder what she's thinking as she touches that soft stomach I mean, she, she, she still looks at me like she wants to get it on with me when we get it on. And I guess that's because she loves me and all of that. That's what you're thinking. And then she gets because she loves me and everything's great. But I, I know what it's like to, to, to walk into a room and have your girl. And when I was in my best shape, you know, when I had the six pack and a triple pack and a quadruple pack and all of that crap. And I know what it's like when you walk out and go, oh, let me put a shirt on. And your girlfriend's friends are standing behind her because she walked in the room first. And you kind of look at them and they, they're looking at you like, I know that's, her do, but damn, I want some of that, that, that I wouldn't mind a slice of that. If that wasn't hers, I'd want some of that. And you see that in their faces and you, you, you don't, in, inside, and on the outside of your face, you keep your face, in the, you don't change the expression, 
right? You don't change the expression. You just kind of play it off and I'll be right back. And you go into the other room to put a shirt on. But you know, with the second you turn around, there's a little smile on your face. And what are you thinking? <laughs> Jack, I wouldn't touch any of them. And I know they wouldn't touch any of me, but I like to know that they look at me and go yum. And that's what I like. I wouldn't do anything with them. They do, wouldn't do anything with me. Would never happen to be out of respect for her. And I loved my girlfriend at the time. I would never cheat on her, never did cheat on her, no matter what, even when it was really going bad. But it was nice to know her girlfriends were looking at me like yum, love it and then I walked in the room and put on another shirt and what did I say as I walked out of the room when I knew they looked at me and were thinking yum I said yeah Jack fast forward a few years and another girlfriend and you're out of shape and she's rubbing you and kissing you and everything like that and she loves you to death but you know that when she's running her hand across your stomach when it's soft and then instead of having those muscular pecs you got that crap you got up there you know they, they're still pecs but they ain't as rock hard as they were when you worked out all the time and she loves you to death and you know daggone well she's looking at you and she i know but you subconscious still about the about the, the, the losing the way i love you the way you are you don't have to lose anything yeah you know I mean, I, but I, I wouldn't look good for you. you look fine what are you talking about and she means it she means it. she loves you for who you are she loves you for who you are she doesn't want you to change anything she doesn't think there's anything wrong with you she still looks at you like she sees something she likes and you take your shirt off, even though you don't like what you see when you take your shirt off. All you can do is focus on that area where the six pack is hiding. There's a six pack underneath there, potentially. You don't know. There's so much fat on top of it. Even if there is a six pack in there, it's hibernating like a bear in the winter. There, there, that six pack is sleeping. Maybe someone drank that six pack. But I know one thing. You're just going to have to take your body's word for it. Here's your body talking. You know, there's a six pack under here. And here's your eyes. <laughs> I don't see it. And she's telling you everything's okay. You're standing in the bathroom looking in the mirror. Both of you are not wearing anything. And you're happy with everything from the navel down. But from the navel up to the neck, you ain't that happy with what you see there. And you, ha you know what I'm saying? You're happy from the shoulders up and from the navel down. But that area from... <laughs> <laughs> from the shoulders to the top of your navel, you're going, Ugh. and she's still rubbing and she pats you on the stomach. Oh, my teddy bear. He, 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 he. Right. And she still gets turned on when she sees you. But, you know, damn well, she ain't turned on by what she sees. She's turned on by who you are. And that's a wonderful thing. But it should be in addition to what you look like. Damn it. And it's like wearing that suit. Well, somebody else likes the suit and they think it's great. They think it's great. They love, she loves her teddy bear and she loves that suit. And you're looking in the mirror and she's talking about how much she loves the suit. And all you hear is, you got the clown nose on. You still got the red hair. And as that dog doing flips and jumping through the hoop. And there's the guy cranking the box with the monkey doing the juggling. And you remember what it was like to look in the mirror and see sculpted pecs and six pack. And you remember what it was like when the girlfriend at that time was rubbing her hands across your stomach. And yes, she loved you for your personality and how sweet and charming you were. But all she was doing was looking at your body and going, I'm going to tear that up. And that's what you want. Even though this girl that you're dealing with right now while you're fat still looks at you and goes, I'm going to tear that up. She wants to tear that up, meaning you, because of who you are. She likes the suit. You don't. So you start working out. And you're starting to feel stronger. You're still a fat bastard, but you're starting to look better. You're less of a fat bastard. You're getting in good. Sh you're getting in better shape, and you know that the end is near. You know that by the summertime or near the end of the summer, you should be fine. But right now, but now, if you notice, you still got the clown nose. You still got the clown hair. You still see the dog jumping through the hoop. But the dude cranking the, the box and the monkey, that shit's gone. Hmm. 
And he keep working out. Still got the clown Still got the hair. But the dog is gone. And you realize if you keep going the way you're going, the red hair will be gone and the nose will be gone and the six pack will be back and the pecs will be back and you'll be back in shape. And even though the whole time the girl you're seeing at the time is looking at you and she already loves the suit, she's going to love the new suit even more. She's not going to tell you that, but she's going to love the new suit even more. But what's more important is when you look in the mirror. You won't hear No, what you'll be hearing is a Code 45 I'm too sexy for this suit I'm too sexy for Oh yeah And you'll look in the mirror And you won't go eh. You'll be going Yeah, Jack <laughs> We all deserve Yeah, Jack lives now, I still see the, the clown nose and the hair, but like I said, the dude with the monkey, gone. The dog, gone. And real soon, so the f in the same direction as a monkey and the dog, the nose, the hair, and the face paint's going to be going soon. And very, very soon, if I keep going the way I'm going right now, I'm going to look in that mirror, and what am I going to see? I'm going to see me, and when I see me, I'm going to go, yeah, Jack. And I don't just mean what I see in the mirror. I mean everything that's going on around me. All of the stuff that made me go, ugh, is going to go. And all I'm going to have around me is a whole bunch of, yeah, Jack. And I hope the same thing for you. Go and find the things that make you go, yeah, Jack. You dig? Cool. Segment over. All right, everybody, let me ask you this. I'm kind of conflicted in a way. Um, I know that sometimes, I mean, as, as human beings, if we're compassionate, if we have empathy, we want good things to happen to people. You know what I mean? For the most part, you want good things to happen to people. When you see it's somebody's birthday, you wish them a happy birthday and you sincerely want them to have a happy birthday. You know, if somebody loses weight and they were fat their entire lives and now they're in shape, you're actually happy for them. When they have the birth of a child, you're happy for them. You feel that way, and that's a good way to feel. It means you're a compassionate human being. You're a good person. You're the way that human beings are supposed to be. I think it's the natural state of the human being in general to want good things that happen to other people. You understand what I'm saying? If you're a good sport and you're playing a game or a sport or anything like that, you do your best. The other person does their best, and they get the best of you. You go, okay, congrats. Congratulations. You know you would rather win, but you're going, you, you, you're a good sport and you acknowledge the fact that they did better than you and it's okay. But I also know that there are times when you want something bad to happen to other people and you feel guilty when you want bad stuff to happen to other people. You feel guilty. If somebody does something to you, sometimes you want something bad to happen to them and you feel guilty, right? Somebody cuts in front of you in line at the supermarket and, and they're trying to be slick and they do it and you don't want to cause a scene, but you've been waiting in line and you've been waiting in line and waiting in line and this piece of crap eases in the line and acts like they didn't realize they cut in line when you know damn well they knew they cut in line and you hope, you hope the thing that they put on the cash, up in front of the cash register, you know, they put it up there and they think they're going to get a good sale and in addition to getting a good sale price, they're going to get out of the line in front of you and then they find out that that thing that they, they thought was on sale is actually not on sale and they cut in line in front of you and they stood there all that time trying to act like they don't see you and they do all of that crap and they go through all of the trouble of lugging that big heavy thing up there and then they find out the big heavy thing that they lugged up there and stood there holding and thinking that everything is going to be great is not on sale and they're not going to get it so that bastard cut in front of you in line to get that thing and now they can't get that thing 
Oh, that's wonderful. You feel good. They walk out of the supermarket or wherever they are, the, the, the supply store or the electronics place or wherever the hell they are, and you watch them walk out, and you watch them walk out, and they're sad and beaten and dejected and disappointed. And under normal circumstances, you don't want to wish that on another human being, but you wished it on that bastard, especially if the thing that they grabbed and cut in front of you in line is the last one, and they got to it in an, an unscrupulous way, and you looking at him and you're going, yeah, I don't even want that thing, but I can afford that thing at regular price and I'm going to buy it and I'm going to walk to my car and I'm going to look at you the whole time. I'm going to put it in the back of my car and then I'm going to say in a loud voice, I don't even want this thing. I think I'm just going to give it to somebody that I don't like. Oh yeah. Okay. You won't do that, but you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you wish bad things on people and you feel guilty. You know, somebody does something that you don't like. You don't really like that person. Something bad happens to them. You wish that bad thing that happened to them and actually happened to them. You know, you had nothing to do with it. You know, you had nothing to do with it, but you feel guilty because you thought that way. But sometimes you don't feel guilty when you wish bad things on people. And this is a lot. This is a lot of people that I'm talking about in this scenario. You know what I'm talking about? Are you a sports fan? Are you a football fan? Are you a football fan where in your division is long-term hated rivalries? Of course you are. If you are a fan of a team, there are teams you can't stand and that you absolutely hate. You hate their fans. You hate their city. You hate anybody from that city. You hate it all. You know what I'm talking about. And if your team is out of it, Right. And you kind of depressed, like, oh, crap, my team's out of it. I still love the sport of football, but I'm a little disappointed because my team didn't make the playoffs or they got eliminated in early in the playoffs or something like that. But what do you do? You think about how bad you feel, how dejected you were, how worn down you were, how bummed out you were when you went to work the next day, how everybody else in the office was all bummed out and crushed and destroyed and killed and crushed and destroyed and sad and killed. Don't even want to look at the front of the newspaper. Don't want to look at the back of the newspaper, actually spend money and hire teenagers to go through the office and take all the newspapers and cut out the sports section because you don't want to hear that crap. You wind up turning the radio in your office to music you can't stand because you know damn well there's a lesser chance of you having to hear any reports about the team that you love that sucked in the playoffs or lost that game that could have got them in the playoffs. And every time they start talking about it on the radio, and that song was by Cool Mo Johnson there. Well, yeah, yeah. Speaking of cool, wasn't it cool how that other team whipped your team's ass? Get that off! You know what I'm talking about. So you turn on the TV and you're watching the playoffs, or if it's in the regular season, you're watching the game, and it's a game that the team that you can't stand. You hate their guts. You hate everything about them, and the only joy you can get is by watching them lose. Imagine if you're a team that's in the same division as the Atlanta Falcons, and for some reason you can't stand the Falcons because they're your rival. You hate them. You can't stand them. You hate them. And you were watching the Super Bowl, and you saw that big, big lead, and you're a team that hates the Falcons. You're a city that hates the Falcons. They're your rivals and you're watching it and you know the team in the city that you can't stand is celebrating and high-fiving and dipping extra deep into the guacamole with their chip because it's a celebratory guacamole dip chew. This guacamole tastes extra good because my beloved Atlanta Falcons, I'm in Atlanta. I love Atlanta. It's my team. Yeah. And you're watching that game and you know in a city that can't stand the Atlanta Falcons that's a rival is watching it going no best mother jumpers. And then all of a sudden Tom Brady comes back and whips their ass in overtime with an unstoppable drive. And you know everybody in the city and region of Atlanta, maybe even in the state of Georgia, maybe even connecting states that don't have a team, maybe people who are in different states that are from Atlanta and you can't stand them are crushed, killed, destroyed. They can't, they can't take it. They're crying. They're destroyed and crushed and just killed and destroyed. And you know what you're thinking? Good. I love it. If my team can't make it, I'm glad your team made it and got crushed and destroyed and killed and crushed and destroyed. You love every second of it, you sick bastards. And you don't feel guilty at all. 
You know, for a fact, somebody's crying. You know, somebody's bummed. You know, what about the people from the Atlanta Falcons? That whole team never gets another crack at the Super Bowl. You don't give a crap because you're from a team. You love it. You, you support a team that hates them. That's the kind of scenario I'm talking about where you don't feel guilty at all. It happens in your regular everyday life, too. I've been in those situations. I've been in a restaurant with a bunch of friends. And the wait staff was horrible to us for no reason because they kind of got the feeling we don't belong there. You know, we were traveling someplace and it was usually a place full of regulars and the people were extra mean to us for no particular reason. And then here's your food, die bastard. And what do you want? And all of that crap. And there's a waiter who was a piece of crap, was just really over the top mean to us for no particular reason. And you know the person's a piece of crap if they're on the wait staff, they see a bunch of people at a table and they treat them like crap anyway. When you're working off of tips, you got to be a real piece of crap to be mean to people when you work off tips. And there's a bunch of people at a table. And the whole time I'm looking at this guy, this guy's a piece of crap. I hope one of those coffee pots falls down on his foot, that piece of shit. I was thinking that. I was thinking that. And normally I wouldn't think that about somebody. But I was thinking it about this bastard. So he comes there and he literally actually threw the, and he didn't even hand, you know, sometimes they put the, the bill on the little piece of the little card and then they place it on the table and here it is. Or they hand it to somebody and this guy just kind of tossed it like here, die bastards. And we're looking at this guy like, man, I want to slap the shit out of this guy. And he's looking at us like, huh. and he turns around and he falls over a fucking dessert cart cracks his head on the ground not in a way where i thought he was actually hurt but enough to embarrass him and got a face full of one of those pies it looked like you know those pies that back in the day when they would do vaudeville and they'd smash a pie in somebody's face and that was the joke well it was like that and everybody was trying not to laugh okay everybody except the people at my table were trying not to laugh we openly laughed because fuck them that's why and besides we had already gotten our food if he was going to spit in our food he already did that shit but now our food was already ingested and we ate it and everything was cool there was no one that bad to do to us and he i'm sitting there going this is great and it was kind of place where you know damn well judging by the way the guy who owns the place came out and yelled at him for being clumsy you know damn well every last piece of pie and cake that he knocked over somehow was either going to come out of his salary either in one big swoop or over the course of time and i loved it i wish there was some diamonds in those pies and we'd have to have to pay for that as well i hope he has to pay for the carpet cleaning because his clumsy punk ass was so mean to us i hope all sorts of stuff happens to him i hope he's so distracted by the fact that he was a piece of crap to people who were trying to be nice to him and he was so embarrassed by falling over that cart and cracking his punk ass head on the ground and having a face full of pie i hope he's so embarrassed by that when he goes home he's distracted when he parks his car and runs over his fucking mailbox and then when he walks up the steps his wife goes what is wrong with you and he goes come on get out of my face and walks out of the room and when he walks out of the room he trips and falls down the steps and lands on the family pet who being a dog and even though sometimes dogs love you the dog was so surprised by the fact that the, his beloved owner caused him pain that the dog instinctively bites the shit out of him and then his Kids walk in and go, Daddy, what's wrong with you? And he goes, oh, yeah, shut up, punk. And then the wife goes, hey, don't talk to that kid like that. What do you mean, that kid? Well, he's not really your kid. I've been banging your brother. You've been banging my brother. Yes, I have. In fact, I wanted to tell you tonight that I'm leaving with him. And these kids are not yours, you bastard. And then that, okay, I don't want all that to happen to him. Just him falling over the cart and getting a face full of pie was enough. Also, the laughing was enough. <laughs> but let's be honest you know damn well you f you want bad things to happen to people sometimes and sometimes you feel guilty and sometimes you don't feel guilty and sometimes you don't feel guilty about not feeling guilty i don't one of my one of my great one of the things i like to do when I'm not working or when I'm just kind of relaxing and I don't want to watch a television program or get involved in a television program where I have to watch 57 episodes or and I don't feel like binge watching something on Netflix. I just want to watch something stupid that means nothing to me. What will I watch? I will watch bully fail videos on YouTube. Yeah, you heard me correctly. I'll watch that. Or I'll watch one of those things where, uh, 
you know, uh, dash cam fails on video or dash cam karma, dash cam karma videos on YouTube of one of my guilty pleasures. I know in an earlier episode, I said, I don't have guilty pleasures. I just have pleasures. Well, I was wrong. This is one of the, this is a guilty pleasure because I feel guilty about it. Oh, I feel guilty. And I want to catch one of those on my dash cam so badly. You see the video where the guy or gal is driving a car and everybody's waiting to turn in line in traffic. And that jerk off cuts in front of people and makes an illegal left turn or an illegal right turn or does something stupid, weaves in the, out of traffic wildly because they think that where they're going is infinitely more important than where you're going. And they make the turn and they don't realize that there's a police officer there. Oh, it's great. It's not as great when the person is driving a Porsche because the ticket's going to be $300. And if you've got 150 grand to spend on the car, $350 really doesn't mean anything to you. What happened, I like it when those cars, when they cut in front of people and weave in and out of traffic and cut in front of people and endanger people's lives. And then all of a sudden they make one bad move and the side of their car gets all scraped up on the cement divider because I don't want them to get hurt. But I love the fact that even if you got a even if you got a hundred fifty thousand dollar car and you can afford that, you don't want to spend twenty seven thousand dollars getting your car repaired. You don't want to do that. Well, too bad, punk. That's what you get. When you got a person in a regular car like mine, a regular person, and they're doing something stupid and stupid and dopey and crap, and they cut in front of people, or they drive down the divider to try to get in front of people and all of that crap, and they make that illegal turn, and a cop gets behind them, and you're sitting there going, you just cost yourself $300 and two points, and I love every second of it. Oh, I love every second of it. This would be one of the few times where somebody, where I walked up, where you see a police officer slapping the shit out of somebody, where you would go, you know what, under normal circumstances, I would record and protest that but this time slap the shit out of that bastard slap him in fact if you don't want to slap him officer turn off the body cam turn your back and let me slap the shit out of him and then okay that's not good <laughs> but we've been there before you know what it's like when you wish bad things on somebody and you don't feel guilty about it I've been there before I didn't feel bad about that waiter busting his ass you know I wouldn't feel bad about that. I don't feel bad when teams that are competing with my team have incredibly painful losses in the playoffs. I don't give a shit. Fuck them. But then there are times where you do feel bad, you know. Even if somebody did do something bad to you, sometimes you feel bad, you know. I remember a girl that I talked about in an earlier episode. She cheated on me when I was younger. And she ran off with this rich guy because I was some punk kid and he had money. And she didn't realize that part of the joy of was he just wanted to get it on with her because she was hot. But he was married to somebody he actually wanted to be with. He just wanted to get a little side delicious buttocks. And she just quit her job and, you know, and decided to run off to where he was and get a place near him and she just wanted to do that and get them near him and he's the greatest and I, he's going to leave his wife and and she moved her job and took a lesser job because why would you have to have a really expensive job I mean the guy that you were that you're banging on the side is really really rich you can still do a job because you want to feel like you're contributing even though quite frankly raising children is contributing to society as well I don't know why people think that's a bad thing because some people go well you don't have a job if you're raising children that's a fucking job, trust me. But she wants to have a career of her own. But she but she realizes she doesn't have to actually have the career she was building when she assumed she was going to be taking care of herself. She's now she moved to where he was and got a place near him and she wanted to be and she wanted to be near him and the biggie 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 And as it turns out, he just wanted to bend her over occasionally and buy her a couple of things. He had no interest in being in a relationship with her. He needed, I was in a relationship with her. You know, he, he that, let, let that kid be, be in a relationship with that young kid, which I was at the time. He, she, she wanted me to handle the relationship stuff and he wanted to occasionally bend her over a table, which is what he did. But like I said, she moved her career and took a lesser paying job because she figured she'd be moving in with him and he'd leave his wife and she'd be with him and they'd be run off happily ever after. But no. As it turns out, 
when I was out of the picture and now he had to be in a relationship with her and he realized she's a real pain in the ass on a day-to-day basis. She's more fun when you can show up with some flowers, take her to an expensive dinner and bend her over. She was more fun then and more compatible than when in short doses. All of a sudden, he cut her off. He got rid of her. He popped her like a pimple. I don't want that anymore. And she had fucked her career up. She lived someplace she didn't want to live. She tried to do the whole I'll tell your wife thing. Then she told the wife and the wife went, I prefer that he didn't bang other people, but I mean, you know, I'm happy. I like to be Mrs. Whatever his name is. I'm not going to say his name. I don't really remember his name, to be honest with you. I'm not, I like being Mrs. Whatever, whatever. We have kids. You know, I'm, I'm happy with the, we only get it on a couple of times a month anyway. So if he wants to go outside and quote, enjoy a piece of trash like you, that's fine with me as long as he doesn't bring back any babies or diseases. So now all of a sudden her leverage was gone. She couldn't blackmail him. Oh no. And now she had, he been, she had, he cuts her off. Oh no. And now her career is messed up. Oh no. And even though she ripped my guts out, my heart out, I felt bad for her. I should have enjoyed it. I should have been like, yeah, you didn't mind ripping my heart out, making me feel like garbage and throwing me away like a piece of garbage. And then it happens to you. And you figured I would feel bad. I would feel hard. I would feel great about it. But I didn't. I felt bad for her. Isn't that weird? Hold on. I'm going to have the pauses for a second. I got to. Switch batteries. Hold on for a second, guys. You're not going to be able to tell any difference. I'm just going to pause the recording and, you know, I'll continue in a minute. <sighs> Let's see here. I uh, can't change these batteries. <laughs> uh, God, I'm trying to make myself sound like a better person to my audience by saying that I felt bad for the bitch. Hell no. Normally, I don't even refer to a woman as a bitch, but this woman was a cold, stone cold bitch. I was good to this broad and she goes out and bangs this dude with his old ass. I'm glad her career sucks. You know, I'm glad her new job sucks. And I'm glad she couldn't go back to her old job. I should, I, I, would, I, I should take her old job, but then succeed at it. And then and, and just so I can rub it in more. Shit, I wish I could turn, I wish, I wish I could be, I wish I could be gay and then bang that dude and actually take him from his wife just to rub it in. I would do that. This dear God, make me gay so I can bang that dude and take him. And then I'm going to and, and let me be the first dude that could actually get pregnant. And I want to bang that dude, get pregnant and live happily ever after with that guy across the street from her fucked up apartment. That's what I would do. Fucking drop me like that. And I'm supposed to feel bad for the broad. Hell no. Shit. I mean, you know I'm mad if I'm, I want to think I wouldn't do it. Like I, I could snap my fingers and be gay and pregnant with that dude's baby just to teach that lesson. Man, oh, man. Okay, here's the batteries. Let me put these things in. I'm going to record the rest of the podcast here. Fucking feel bad for her. I don't care what the fuck I said in the segment. Nasty motherfucker. Oh, let me start this shit up again. Let me get myself together before I finish the podcast. Hold on. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Okay. Press the record button. Anyway, guys, like I said, guys, um, I feel really bad for her that she uh, had to go through that. I'm an enlightened enough man that even though she ripped my heart out, and I was talking about how sometimes we don't feel guilty. That we feel guilty when we wish bad things on people unless it's in a sports context. I can honestly say that I wish her well. You know, I mean, if I, I'm, I'm such an enlightened person that not only do I not wish bad things on her, I, I wish there was some way I could, from afar, soothe her pain and make her feel better. I mean, I know it's been a long time, and from what I understand, her life still sucks because of the decision to run off with that other dude. You know, and you would figure that I, I'm too enlightened and nice a person to enjoy the fact that after all these years, her life still blows because she tied herself to a guy that 
was basically just banging her for fun and she threw me away like a piece of garbage. I mean, it's been decades, you know what I mean? But I mean, it's beneath me to hold a grudge, you know? So I don't even know if she's going to be able to hear this or anything like that, but I just want to let you know that you know who you are if you're hearing this. And uh, I want to let you know that sincerely, I hope the best for you. Um, I, I wish you love and happiness, you know, and, you know, I, I, I hold no hard feelings toward you, even though what you did to me was horrible. I, mean, I forgive you. I really, really do. That's the kind of man that I am now. A grudge free man. Yeah. No grudges here. So, folks, I know that sometimes you feel guilty when you when you wish bad things on people, but it's not really that big of a deal. You know, if you want the team that's against your team to be bad, to, to bad things to happen to them, that's OK. That's that's just sports. hate. That's not real hate. But I want you to do me a favor. I want my sass bastards around the world to promise me if somebody does something horrible to you, let it go. Don't let it consume you. Don't let a couple decades go by and. You wish bad things on him because that's that's bad for the soul. And not to make myself sound like I'm some enlightened man, which I am. You would never hear me wishing bad things on people. You know, that's that's beneath me. And folks, it's beneath you too, so don't do it, okay? Promise? Great. Segment over. Well, folks, this has been episode number 260 of the S. Anthony Says podcast. Man, I want to thank you guys all over the world. Well, you know who you are, damn it. You know what country you're living in. <laughs> I don't want to say they're listing them all off, but you know who you are. I want to thank all my sass bastards around the world. Uh, thank you very much for listening and, and coming back every week. Um, as always, you know the, the, where, the, where the podcast is. Uh, so on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio iHeartRadio, iTunes, we're on the Laughable app, the Podcast Revolution Network. Check out hashtag uh, Potter and Family, hashtag Tripod, hashtag um, uh, Pods in Color. You'll find good podcasts in all of these places. Um, I'm on social media on Twitter. I'm in two places on Twitter, at S. Anthony Thomas for me, at S. Anthony Says for this particular podcast. I'm on Instagram, it's S. Anthony Thomas. And quite frankly, basically, if you just go Google S. Anthony says, find one of the places, one of the other places I am and just subscribe to the podcast, you bastards. You understand? Get it done, damn it. If you want to send an email to me for questions, comments or, or suggestions, you already know it because you've been doing it. Before. If you're new, this is the address for me, the, the email address. It's talk to S. Anthony at gmail.com talk to s anthony at gmail.com send your stuff there or you can direct message me on either one of the twitters i'll get to that um folks thank you very much man you know i'm i i thank you every week but every week you give me a reason to thank you and i want to i want to say um I, pre I appreciate what you do and i appreciate your kind words folks it doesn't matter to me where you listen it really doesn't. It doesn't matter to me whether you're riding a lawnmower, walking down the street, running on a treadmill. It does not matter to me. I just want to say thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart for allowing me into your phones, into your cars, into your earbuds, into your heads, into your hearts, into your minds. I appreciate it. And I have nothing but love for all my sass bastards all around the world. Now, folks, I'm going to say goodbye the way I always do. And apparently there's people that actually say it with me out loud. And I'm glad to hear that because that means you're just as weird as I am. <laughs> so on the count of three, I'm going to do what I always do. And I'm going to say goodbye the way I always say goodbye. And I want you to say it with me and say it out loud. I don't care if there are other people in the car. I don't care if you're walking down the street. I don't care if you're on a riding mower. I don't care if you're at the gym listening to me. I don't care. Say it out loud with me at the same time. Either say what I say or inject your name. It doesn't matter. But we need to do it all at the same time. Ready? On the count of three. One. Two, three, S. Anthony, out.